0: You're listening to Restaurants Reinvented, a podcast created to help modern marketers elevate their game and drive rapid growth. Join your host, Jen Kern, the CMO at Q, as she dishes with restaurant marketing pros who are leading the industry with creative branding, marketing, and guest engagement strategies. Get ready to be inspired by thought-provoking stories from your fellow marketers.
1: Hey, y'all. This is Jen. Thanks so much for stopping by Restaurants Reinvented. Today's guest is Milena Rigos. She's the creator and founder of Unhustle. Milena describes Unhustle as, quote, a counterintuitive approach to how we live and work that leads to increased well-being, focus, purpose, and performance. She's been lauded as amazing by Arianna Huffington and featured in many global news outlets, including Harvard Business Review, CNN, NPR, and others. Now, Milena was an award-winning marketer who dealt with her own burnout experience, which caused her to found the organization. As you can imagine, it's caught on like wildfire in many circles and has turned into a movement to redefine how we live and work. Now, you might be wondering, okay, Jen, this sounds a little squishy, a little bit of woo-woo stuff. What does all this really have to do with me and my restaurant? Well, in my humble opinion, just about everything We all know that since the beginning of time, restaurant culture has been based on hustle. And with today's labor challenges, restaurants absolutely must be more intentional about building a better environment and taking better care of their employees. And it includes all the things that we talk about today, from well-being and self-care to building cultures that people actually want to come work in and stay working in. I hope today's episode gives you some ideas for creating a healthier restaurant team and, more importantly, a healthier you. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Restaurants Reinvented. I am Jen Kern, the hostess here of the show, and today with me, I'm so excited, I have Milena Rigos from the Unhustle Movement. Hello, Milena. Hi, Jen. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Well, I'm really excited to talk with you today. I mean, we've had a few chats before this, just, you know, in total transparency and lots of great chats. And I know that you have done some research on restaurants, which is fantastic, but I wanna just kick off by saying, you know, I've been running this labor series, which I've told you about, and there's the great reshuffling and the great resignation and now the great re-examination and the great everything, right? But what's really going on is an issue with culture and needing to improve culture and leadership and lifestyles of restaurant workers. So I'm excited to have you on to talk about all those things. And by way of introduction, can you give everyone your little background?
0: What is Unhustle? Thank you. Thank you, Jane. I'm excited to talk with you. Unhustle is a rebellion basically to live and work well. We want to flip the script on redefining success. What does success mean for us as a human being, as a collectively, as a society? And what is really important and meaningful and purposeful in our lives? And how do we go about putting our life first, creating a life that matters and doing the work that excites us and brings us the financial security that we need, right? Mm -hmm. And doing all of this with purpose and joy and meaning. And so it is really the opposite of hustle culture. I see a big need personally, but also collectively as a society to look at, what are we doing? The way we're working is broken, right? We're burned out, we're overstretched, overworked, stressed out, mental health is on the rise. So how do we change all of this thinking, the way we do business so that it's good for the human, but it's also good for the bottom line?
1: Right. Right. That's awesome. And I know that your movement has gained global recognition. So kudos to you on that. Thank you. It definitely caught my attention. I just saw the word and I was like, what does that mean? I want to know what that (laughs) means. And I want to know more about it Unhustle. It sounds interesting. And, and maybe that's my age and stage in life. I don't know, but I spent a big portion of my life hustling like nobody's business. And then Got to the age of <laughs> yeah. Got to the I know you have a cool story. Got to the age of fifty and was just like, I'm exhausted. And then the pandemic hit. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So it's really good stuff. It's really good stuff. And I've been asking myself after I heard some of your talks and read some of your articles, I've been asking myself, is there a labor shortage in restaurants or is there a well-being shortage? What say
0: you? That's a really interesting way of putting it. And yeah, I mean, you're not a about the same age. So we've gone down that road of work, 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 and then one day, someday, if you're lucky, you get to retire and do what you love. But mm-hmm. young people don't see it that way, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, I want to live now. I want to have a meaningful life now. I want to do something that that brings me joy and purpose every day now. And so they don't want to wait. They don't want the house and the car and the, I mean, they want to have money and they want to be well off, but they don't necessarily want to go down that road of, I'm going to be in the same career for 20 years, right? No one mm-hmm. no one does that anymore, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So there is a societal awakening, right? And we're seeing it. We're seeing it with mm-hmm. the great resignation and the numbers of how many people are burned out, how many people are seeking more meaning and purpose in their lives. We're seeing ripples and I'm excited because... As more and more of us talk about this, we're going to start slowly shifting that conversation. It really comes down to let's replace hustle culture with human culture and let's live our lives now and still do high quality work. Right. And so what is human culture? So human centered culture, the way I look at it, it's the opposite of hustle culture, right? If you look at hustle culture as you exert yourself to the max, you're constantly doing all your focus and energy is on work and you're struggling right you're struggling you're striving human centered culture starts from the top it starts with leadership it starts with having more emphasis on these soft skills which for a really long time we've put in the back burner so empathy, vulnerability, treating humans as humans and in I speak to more about white color knowledge workers, but in the case of the restaurant industries like Okay, deep listening, treating people the way they want to be treated, not the way you want to be treated because that's not really being in their shoes, having more of open mind, positive workforce, giving people flexibility in how they work, when they work, being more open to providing learning resources. That's kind of really what young people want. And all of these things, you know, I can keep going about describing it, but it's what makes us human. Let's Mm -hmm. treat each other with more emphasis on what makes us human, what humans want. And the benefit to that is that it shows an increase in performance for for companies. So more Mm -hmm. of like conscious capitalism as opposed to just this big orientation on maximizing profits at all costs. And in that case, the cost is the human. Right. And, you know, you touch on a really interesting generational point, because
1: 75% of the workers in restaurants are between the ages of 16 and 25. So, and you talk about, I mean, I have kids in that age frame as well. And you talk about the generational shift of how we were brought into the workforce. And I know you're a first generation from a Bulgarian. Mm-hmm. You were ra- born and raised in Bulgaria. You came here in your 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for college. And I can imagine how hard you were working, right? And I was raised that same way, like work your butt off to make that career climb and get the next thing. And that the kids nowadays aren't like that. That generation, that 16 to 25 age group, they are looking for joy in life. Like you say, they're looking for an experience. So they're looking at other things. They don't want to just grind, 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 grind. It's not the the way it is. So I know you pulled some stats for restaurants. I'd love for you to share those with us because this whole idea of burnout has become kind of a buzzword as well as self-care, kind of a buzzword. But what are some of the statistics you saw in restaurants in terms of of burnout that even precedes the pandemic?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So based on my research about Higher than 80% of people in the restaurant industry are burned out. And we already know that burnout is a really big thing. I think 77% of employees in general are burned out, but it's even higher in the restaurant industry. And it's the grind, right? And during the pandemic, a lot of people lost their jobs. So there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of pressure. These 80%, 52% of food service and hospitality workers left their job in 2020. So Mm -hmm. more than half of people Mm -hmm. left their job. That's 1.8 million jobs, right? And about 960,000 hospitality employees experienced burnout last year. So we're Mm -hmm. dealing with quite a large population of people Mm -hmm. going, I'm exhausted. So let's define burnout, right? Um, Mm -hmm. What are some of the... Burnout is basically chronic stress that has not been managed successfully, and okay. burnout, in my opinion, people think it's a personal thing, but oftentimes it's really an organizational thing. So some mm-hmm. of the causes for burnout are unsustainable workload, which mm-hmm. organizational issue, perceived lack of control. So people really thrive on more of autonomy and flex. We talk about flexibility in the workforce, but really mm-hmm. it's more autonomy. Mm. Insufficient rewards for effort, So how are you treating your employees or not treating? So if they're not seeing that rewards for their effort, it may result in burnout. Lack of supportive community, lack of fairness, and mismatched values and skills. So if you put somebody in too challenging of a position, it's going to push them into an anxiety mode. If you put Mm -hmm. them into boring of a position, they're going to be bored. It may end up still in burnout. So it's matching their Mm -hmm. skills to their challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the signs of burnout, what somebody can watch for, whether you're in a leadership position or in a personal position, is exhaustion. You get irritability, or impatient, mm-hmm. you might get higher sensitivity. So mm-hmm. if you ask somebody to do something, they may just completely lose it. And that mm-hmm. might be a sign of burnout. Increased mm-hmm. absenteeism, so people calling in sick and increased mistakes or accidents. So all of these things, when you look at the restaurant environment, if somebody is burned out, then the customer is not having a good experience. The Mm -hmm. mistakes happening, people are not treated the way you want to be treated from a customer service perspective. People are not showing up for their shifts, so other people have to pick up the slack, so then they end up working extra hours. So Mm -hmm. I guess my question is, what are we doing in the restaurant industry to prevent burnout because burnout prevention is a lot easier and less costly than burnout cure, right? Or hiring new employees over and over and having this huge high turnover. And you were just mentioning a restaurant that you love in your area that is actually doing some really specific things. Mm -hmm. South block. South block, yes. South block, yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it's possible, right? You can do things differently, even in the restaurant industry, right? Right. So what does he do that you love? Well, I can tell he's
1: putting his employees first. I can tell that from a guest perspective, from the outside looking in, Mm -hmm. because A, they're happy. By and large, all of his employees, when I walk in there to pick up my smoothie or my juice or get my acai bowl, they look happy. They greet me with a smile. They Mm -hmm. say, welcome. Welcome to your point, I love the definition of chronic st- chronic stress. What is burnout? Because I've read different definitions for it. And and Donald Burns, who we had on a few episodes ago, talks about it a lot as well. And one of his def- definitions is like lack of passion. Like you had six things. One of his is like that lack of passion. And I was like, oh, like that's probably a common understanding. But when you said chronic stress and then not managing chronic stress well, mm-hmm. that is very apparent To people in the hospitality industry, if you're walking into a restaurant and the people working there are super stressed Mm -hmm. because there is a whole hustle culture in restaurants. That is the restaurant Mm -hmm. environment. It's like hurry up, take the order, get the food made, get the food out. Because if you're not going to get the food out, the customer is going to be standing there or waiting at their table, impatient, right? And you can read all of that just by looking at someone's body language, Mm -hmm. right? So some of the things he's doing that he talked about on his podcast is yes, incredible flexibility, like providing. And, and I can't recall how he does it, but he's got a significant amount of, of flexibility in his schedule. But it's more about his approach to hiring. Mm-hmm. The people that he hires are very typical demographic in the restaurant industry and the age group we talked about. But he hires them with the understanding that they're going to do a 90 day trial period and see if it's a fit for each other.
0: I think that's such a great point that you just made, yeah. though, because that yeah. values alignment yeah based on everything that I'm reading mm-hmm. and researching about Gen Z mm-hmm. and millennials. Mm-hmm. If the values are aligned between the employee and the company, mm-hmm. right, then they're gonna be a lot more fulfilled and mm-hmm. see the meaning of their work. Right. So there's a values right. alignment that needs to happen. Right. Right. And addition to that,
1: one of the understandings and expectations is that they're going to learn about the business. They're effectively in a mini business school in his restaurant.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: they are learning about PL statements. And these are 16 year old kids, right? Mm-hmm. They're learning about how labor costs and costs of good offset revenues they're in a mini business school so you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. like not gaining knowledge access to knowledge education training like they're learning about running a business you know and it's really impressive because it's a structured program and they call right. it South Block
0: Academy <laughs> exactly and so this mm-hmm. is the one thing we were talking about before we hit the record right mm-hmm. where we're in a you know worker shortage economy mm-hmm. right so where are these people going to come from because there's a lot of jobs not enough people in america right? Baby boomers are retiring. The American population growth is slowing. We're on a fifth year trend of not replacing the population. And then one in five Gen Zers are not interested in going to college. And so it's really interesting when you look at all of these things and you listen to Gen Zs going, I don't want to go to school. Train me how to do the job and I'll come and do it. But what a great opportunity for companies to really create your own workforce. Ashley right. Furniture Industries is doing this, right? It's a little bit different from the hospitality industry, but they're like, we're going to take recruitment in our hands. We can train somebody. People can learn more from TikTok videos than from one <laughs> month in college, <laughs> just about. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're going to take and build our own economy yeah. and people can skip the four-year program college that they can't afford anyway and they skip the $40,000 in debt or right. however long that is. Yeah. So what mm-hmm. a great example that is because you can create your own academy, especially if you have like a franchise or something, you can train people to do exactly the job you want them to do in less time that it's going to take them to go to college and you've, you've built your own workforce. So that's right. a great example what people can do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's doing just so many things and you know, and it's so different from so many other places I walk into, you know, that are fast casual type places, even like a Starbucks, like more often than not, they just are not smiling. Yeah. And some of it goes back to the, the expectations of hustle culture and restaurants, which is there, but he just is really, you know, he's not only teaching them and providing an education, like what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. but then he's helping them walk through and make life work decisions based on what he's seeing their skills at. So he also has a really strong, like uh, promotional program and training the next store managers, which does become then a full-time salary type of position for folks, if that's what they want, mm-hmm. but it's matching people up to what they're looking for in that demographic of the 16 to 25 year olds. Now the kitchen workers tend to be, you know, a little bit older, not as old as us, <laughs> But they tend to be a little bit, you know, and so you have to also treat the people that work at the restaurant a little bit different. And we talked about this, like meeting people where they are in life.
0: Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of talk about well-being, right? Well-being. But I also look at financial well-being, which is huge, especially in the industry, right? If you don't have that financial well-being, financial security, and in in the example you're giving, it sounds like he's, he's offering people a promotion up or to make more money or just to go to a full-time position. So that's a huge opportunity for people to say, okay, he's treating me fairly. He's giving me opportunities to advance in my career because without the financial well-being, your mental well-being, emotional well-being, physical well-being, digital well-being, all these other things, he's like, how do we look at this as holistically from a leadership position? How do you pay people what they're worth as opposed to, you know, thinking that they're just rental cars and you can use them for a little bit and then return them, right? Right. <laughs> so, right, right, right. I think there'll be more of um emphasis on paying people fairly. You know, in Australia, I don't know how much you know about the restaurant industry in Australia, but they have a completely different model. They pay their people a much higher hourly wage. Hmm. Much higher. I want to say it's like $27 an hour or something. Wow. But Australians don't tip as much. Mm. And so when you get a job in a restaurant, you're not counting on tips. You're counting on what you're going to make on an hourly yeah. hourly wage. And I don't mm. think people move that much around there because if you get a good paying job, it's actually a decent income. Yeah. So everybody's yeah. going to be like, I'm going to Australia. Yeah.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, an organization that is gaining a lot of traction, it's a nonprofit organization in our industry is called CORE, Children of Restaurant Employees. And I was talking to the executive director, Sheila, yesterday, actually. And it's not even just for the children, it's for the employees themselves. And it's a nonprofit that is helping them pay their expenses, their household expenses when they get sick or injured or have any sort of life event. And one of the stats she she threw out, to your point of the financial piece, is one in four restaurant workers cannot afford a medical bill, $400 or higher. It's like, that's, wow. You know, to people right. like you and me, it's like, wow. Like, that could, like, put them out. So that creates, you know, you go back to that level of stress. It creates yeah. a significant amount of stress. And then the labor shortage. They leave. They can't sustain that.
0: Right. So that's a whole different you know, conversation with what the healthcare industry can do. Yeah. Right. But yeah. Yeah, you can't unless you feel secure in how much money you're making, it's really hard to talk about things like what are you doing for fun and play? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we can talk about mental health and we can talk about yeah. self care and the necessity of all of this from an right. employer perspective and a personal perspective, sure, of course. Being able to have a regular breaks and regular team check-ins and PTR yeah. allowance, all these things help. But if you're not making enough money, that like Looms over your yeah. head all the time. That's a huge, yeah. huge financial stress is one of the biggest stressors, right? right. So right. what are some ways to manage that if, let's say, you're in a position where where you're not getting paid more, right? That's right. why so many people leave to begin mm-hmm. with because they're looking for... I told you, I spoke with a with restaurant employee, um, ex-restaurant employee, Maria, and she's from Europe neighborhood, Washington, D.C. So I interviewed her because I saw her story as a very powerful story as to how people take control of their lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so what happened with her is, you know, she was going down that hospitality route. She was getting promotions. She became a manager. She was great at what she was doing. She kept getting Mm -hmm. more promotions and more promotions. Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic happened and things got stressful. And so one day she realized she yelled at the customer. And mm. she caught herself and she said, what am I, and I think the customer had, was rightfully yelled at, but um, <laughs> she still paused are. herself and she said, what am yeah. I doing? Am I still happy doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. or do I want to do something else? And growing up, she actually had an art education. She was very attracted to the art. And so the pandemic kind of woke her up. Her mom had passed away and she remembers her mom asking her, like, what does really make you happy? What brings you joy? Do you still want to do this? So she called herself and said, you know what? I think I might be done with, it, with the restaurant industry. So she joined that great resignation. But instead of looking for another job, she said, I'm just going to create what I've always wanted to create. And that is my art studio. And so she started mm-hmm. creating the beautiful white blown pieces and mm-hmm. trying to build the business with her working. She works longer hours. That's the biggest thing when happens when somebody starts a business. You know, you think I'm gonna get out and the grind, and then you end up working even longer hours, but she said it yeah. doesn't feel like work. The stress is completely mm. different because I'm doing mm. something that I really enjoy. She's finding her flow in that in that project. She's like, I, I spend more time with my dad and my dog, which is really important to me. And so there was a values realignment, right, in the whole mm-hmm. pandemic. Do you really want to have this job or do you want to do something that, that gives you more meaning and purpose, even if it's for less yeah. money at the beginning, right? And there's a huge fear. And that's well, the one thing I talked with her about. It's like that fear of how do you leave a job that gives you some security to start something mm-hmm. that you don't know how it's going to go.
1: Mm-hmm. right and she yeah. says
0: the fear is still there it's just on a day-to-day basis she's like i, I get up i make my coffee and uh, i go in my studio and it's her happy place right yeah. so there's a lot of different ways you can go about do you mm-hmm. want to stay in the same job and manage the stress mm-hmm. and there's lots of strategies we can talk about with that respect if you know how quickly you can bounce back mm-hmm. do you want to? look for another job and sometimes the job may sound great from the outside, but it could just Mm -hmm. turn into same old, same old. Do you do something on your own? Yeah. For more autonomy, flexibility and taking control of your income.
1: Right. And in the restaurant industry, it's all boiling down to how do we make this an attractive place to work? Like your story is perfect because tons of people left the industry and now it's not just how can we bring them back? How uh-huh. do we keep them how or keep mentor them-, them on? Like, again, back to Amir at Southpaw, how do we mentor them on to the right profession for them, right? right? And so it's a lot. It's a big shift for restaurants. And I appreciate you sharing, sharing that story. We didn't tell your story yet. So I'd love for you to talk about your story and how you came to found, speaking of your own business, this unhustle business. Yeah, I mean,
0: my story is a typical story, not in the restaurant industry, but in the marketing industry, which is just mm-hmm. as, as a burnout industry Mm -hmm. where you know I was doing really well I went down a marketing career path and I love that I love the creative aspect of it and Mm -hmm. at some point in time you know I was an early adopter of online marketing digital marketing and so I realized that I went down that path really early on which also led me to creating amazing work with great clients and celebrities and starting communities and building movements And at some point in time, I realized I'm working 18-hour days. I'm constantly in front of some kind of a screen. So I had put my self-care on the back burner. My health started to deteriorate. I had no time to spend with friends. I stopped doing any any kind of outside hobbies. So basically, all I did was work. And when you end up in that state of all you do is work, even if it Mm thrives, gives you joy at the beginning and and gives you that energy and that high from the hustle and dopamine hits, all of that, at some point in time, it ends up draining you. And when it drains you and depletes you and, and you end up burnout, out, who you are is no longer your job. And so I went down on this existential discovery of who am I and what's my purpose in life? What does life really want out of me? Why are we so stuck in this cult of productivity and, and doing all the time? What's going on with time to be, time off, self-care? How are you managing your energy? How are you managing your mental health? What does really success look like? And, Mm -hmm. you know, we talked about flipping the script on that. I don't look at work-life balance or work-life integration or work-life harmony. I mean, anytime we start with the word work first, Mm. we're putting too much emphasis and attention on work. I have nothing against hard work and nothing against doing so you can create something meaningful and fulfilling and financially profitable. Mm -hmm. But I look at life work play design, because I realized that it starts with taking care of who you are as a person. It starts Mm -hmm. with creating a life that you love with the experiences that you want to have in your life, surrounded by the people you want to have in your life. And then what's the work that can support that lifestyle? And what are you doing for play that's regenerating you and replenishing you instead of just being like passive play? So where does all that energy come from? So mm-hmm. I call it life, work, play, design. But there's a lot of interesting angles in there for mm-hmm. for people on different income level, right? I mean, one of the biggest thing that I get from people is so is in hustle or privilege. And I'm yes. a first-generation immigrant female that realized that success on the outside doesn't mean success on the inside. So when we talk about smiling, I mean, that's one of the first things you can do when you wake up in the morning is smile. Mm-hmm. And how do we turn that constant narrative in our head mm. into something that's positive what's the outlook you know you want to have on life and to your point in the restaurant industry learning what a lot of young people want is to learn and to evolve as human beings and so mm-hmm. how do you provide opportunities to young people to evolve whether it's through promotions or through some something else they want to learn Are you really asking people about what brings them joy at the end of the day? What's the path that they want to take in their life? Or are you trying to just gain everything you can from them from eight to five? Because people are going to change anyway, right? I realized that early in my career, because I used to work with Gen Zs and millennials, I used to get really frustrated because I'm like, I want to train them and I want want to keep them to work for my company, you know, for as long as I can. And it just doesn't work that way. People move on. Right. So what can a company owner do to understanding, mm-hmm. to find that cohesiveness and harmony between the company and what the company is trying to achieve at the end of the day? And we all know that we depend on stuff is everything, right? Especially in the restaurant mm-hmm. industry. So how do you provide that unique, exclusive experience for your customers on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. Where can you simplify? Where can you add in more more like human skills? That's what people want, really. Your customers... Would be happier having a nice conversation and waiting five more minutes as opposed Mm -hmm. to just sitting there impatiently and seeing your employees on their phones. Right. Right. Right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, first of all, thanks for sharing your story. That's. It's very cool. I love what you're doing. And I know a lot of people love what you're doing. I know there's a lot of communities around the world forming around on Hustle. So it's very cool. And you have a lot of really good content and articles out there about it. And I know you have a book coming soon, which I'm pretty excited about. But it's funny to me. I'm laughing as you're telling it all because your story and how you founded it. Because it is very much like this life, work, play, design thing. I might have messed up the order is very like Gen Z millennial friendly, right? Yeah, <laughs> You created it, but it is a very, you know, in my mind, you know, my, older looking at that generation, it's like, that's a very, very comfortable concept for them. For us, maybe not as much. For us, it's like, whoa. (laughs) Wow. Unhustle, what? But for them, it's like, you know, I think of my son who went, he's 23 and his journey so far has been so interesting. He's gravitating towards things that bring him pleasure in life. And Mm -hmm. he's trying to figure out how he can turn that into work. He's not there yet. He's 23 mm-hmm. and he did end up in college, but it took him a little ways to get there. And he's doing music, which, you know, when my husband first heard, like, that's what he's studying. He's like, well, that's a hobby. <laughs> that's a hobby. It's like, yeah. well, no, he's going to figure that out or he's going to figure something out. But he's like weaving his way. And it's a beautiful thing to watch, like as a mother. Mm-hmm. Right. But that letting go of the control that, again, how I was raised, how we might have been mm-hmm. raised. Mm hmm. And so I, I, I don't know. I went off on a tangent there, and I don't know if you. No, that's, to say but- <laughs> no, no,
0: that's perfect. But that's what they want. It's not work to live. It's, it's not live to work,
1: right? Yeah. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. With that perspective, I mean, the one thing I would say to you, I guess, is, is a question: is mm-hmm. <laughs> we've been trained that oh, you got to find your passion, then you got to turn your, that passion into money making. Do we, though? I mean, do we have to turn every single hobby into money making? Because that kind of kills the joy of the hobby. Right. If you turn your side hustle into a hobby all the time, you kind of kill the yeah. the joy yeah. at some point. And so, so I don't know, I think it's okay to have different hobbies and different interests and not necessarily try to monetize everything. Right. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely because absolutely we go good, down that's that good mothering advice right there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry I don't have kids so I really just, give away yeah. advice.
1: <laughs> yeah, just knowledge, right? Like yeah, like having those hobbies and I heard you talking about that on another podcast which is are you allowing yourself to just sit or do some activity without all these other distractions? Having music on you know, I think when I eat now, for example, one of my friends says like, I pray over the food and the people that prepared that food before she starts eating. I was like, that's such a lovely thought. And that like slows me down when I'm eating. Cause I usually rush when I'm eating even that. Right. Yeah. But it's like, what are the things you're doing to really enjoy your life and, and not being thinking about work like 24 seven when you're doing those things and have, you like cultivating some of those hobbies. And that's,
0: But how can we incorporate this in the restaurant industry? How can a restaurant take this approach and Mm -hmm. instill in customers to slow down, Mm
1: -hmm. to be more
0: mindful? Mm
1: -hmm. Customers
0: and employees, right? I mean, it's a whole circle, right? right? If you look at a community, if you go into a restaurant and you're like, I want to sit down and enjoy my food, be mindful of what I'm eating, think of the people who prepared my food. And what if on the other side of that, the restaurant employees are like, I want to take pride in what I'm doing. I -hmm. want to be mindful of what I'm doing. you know, I want to make sure I I give it all while I'm at work. I'm fully focused. I'm doing something I'm proud of. And then Mm -hmm. when I'm at work, I'm off work. Being more of that fully on or fully off concept is very something I talk about within Hustle. And I think leaders would really appreciate that instead of somebody not really caring about their job and being on their phone on TikTok and Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. How do you get people to pay more attention to what they're doing and reward them for the whole experience? Right.
1: You mean, you're asking really
0: good questions. You're interviewing me.
1: I don't have all these answers, but they're really good questions. And I think our listeners will appreciate them. Like just having the right questions in our minds and, and all these types of things, I think gets us forward.
0: But I mean, that's how to me, the answer to that is how do we become a little bit more mindful? It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, let's do some mindfulness training at work. Yeah. That's where empathy comes in. So it's Mm -hmm. great for leaders to learn empathetic leadership. It's great for employees to learn how to listen more, to learn how to be more present, to learn Mm -hmm. how to deal with stress more. So Mm -hmm. all this mindfulness, it's not just for, you know, your Sunday morning, oh, I'm going to do a meditation for 10 minutes, but let's incorporate a more mindful way to work and watch your focus increase, stress decrease, right? Mood mm-hmm. increase, all these things. Organizations mm-hmm. can definitely adapt that. There's so many resources that they can tap into.
1: Right. I love that. Like, I think that that is something that workers everywhere would really appreciate is like, because mindfulness, it can sound like you said, like we only do it Sunday morning or only do it in the morning for five minutes and it, another buzzword. And I think People think it's a little woo-woo, maybe, I don't know. But what do we mean by mindfulness and being more intentional and being more present? And those are the types of conversations that I feel like in the restaurant industry could help people reach their potential, maybe even faster.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I'll give you an example. I just went to a restaurant here only Mm -hmm. because somebody said to me, the restaurant is great, but you have to go on such and such date Because the waitress is amazing. I went to that restaurant because of her. And that's what my friend said. You have to go there because she's amazing and she makes the whole experience memorable. So Mm -hmm. I contacted the restaurant. I find out when she works and I went there (laughs) and it was amazing. She was greeted us with a smile. Went over the menu, made it fun, anticipated every need, made suggestions when we didn't know what to do, ordered for us when we were hesitant about what we wanted to do. She's like, I'm just going to order for you and and, you're going to love it. I love that. Yeah. We had an amazing experience because of that one person that we had a contact with. It wasn't necessarily, I mean, the food was great, but it wasn't necessarily, we we didn't go there for the food. We went there for that experience. Right. And it, it doesn't take much, like you said, smile. Yeah eye contact, talk with the customers, figure out what they like, make it fun. Everybody's better off at the end of the day. Everybody goes home smiling. It's easy, right? It's easy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and this idea of empathy, right? And because I'm thinking of your story and your example, and I'm thinking, yeah, it's easy or easier in a full service restaurant. It's more challenging, probably harder in a fast food restaurant or what we call fast casual, like the Mm Chipotle's. But then you say, well, wait a minute. Look at Chick-fil-A. They figured it out. Right. They figured out how to train people. And you're always greeted with a smile. Pleasure to serve you. You know, everyone uses Chick-fil-A. And it's like, it's not that complex what they implemented there. Right. like It's to your point. It's a pretty simple, focused program. Yeah. But yeah. for companies that have not had that from the beginning to try to implement that now, I think it probably feels like a big lift for them.
0: Sure, but what's the alternative? I mean, some companies right. are not going to make it, right? So right. you can look at yourself and say, how am I going to make things different? Yeah, what are, What's the training, the skills, the simplification, the software that we need to implement to create mm-hmm. that overall experience and make it better right. and create a fulfilling work environment for people? Mm-hmm. Or we're we just going to go out of business because that's what's going to happen. Right. So the alternative is, yeah.
1: Yeah, empathy, like getting back to this idea of empathy, because I talked to someone last week about empathy.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And she was talking about empathy is having, one of the ways she described it is having like curiosity, Mm -hmm. curiosity about others being able to read others. And I feel like this sort of mindfulness training and, and helping people understand and embrace empathy, because... To some people, like to me, it comes pretty naturally. Like I'm pretty empathetic, nature, nurture, whatever, however you want to go down the path, being female, maybe we have more, I don't know, but I'm no scientist or expert, but there are certain people that may have not been raised to understand how to be empathetic. Right. And, you know, you were reminding me of Lauren Fernandez, who was on the podcast. T- I think it was two episodes ago. And she's doing something phenomenal. I mean, she was a very senior person and some in focus brands and some big restaurants here. And she owned, I think, 11 chicken salad, chick restaurants. And then she just took a break. She's like, what do I really want to do? And she started this organization, which is a business acceleration firm for restaurants, for small restaurants to help them simplify, focus, do the right things first, second, third. And it all starts, she said, they do leadership training. Mm -hmm. And it all starts with Mm self-awareness. She said, we can't have good leaders if they're not self-aware. Right. You can't train someone to be a good leader if there's zero self-awareness. And I would, I have to think that empathy is is fitting in there somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on all that. And how do we train these leaders to
0: be all these things we're talking about? Yeah, I mean, that's, you basically explain it. It comes down to self-awareness, and, and that's where it mm-hmm. starts. It starts with us, mm-hmm. right? I went to a stress reduction, you know, mindfulness-based stress reduction training. It was eye-opening for me. I think I was mm-hmm. very driven and very type mm-hmm. A and very goal-oriented person. Mm-hmm. And bring, and having that ability to increase your self-awareness, which really starts with like, okay, how do I feel? I mean, just Checking in with yourself, with your body, like you and I were talking about getting more out of your head, more into your heart, whether it's breathing practices, whether it's body scans, whether it's just sitting still for a few minutes and checking in with yourself and saying, Mm -hmm. how do I feel? Because we're just rush, 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 rush all the time, right? We're Mm -hmm. disconnected from our bodies. We know we're experiencing all these emotions and thoughts, but we don't really process them. And so we go to Mm -hmm. 60 80,000 thoughts in a day and 90% of them the next day are the same thoughts. So the same pattern, the same story that we tell ourselves. So self-awareness starts with with yourself. And how do you slow down and sit with these thoughts and just be, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where a lot of unhustled stuff is like, okay, the doing is great and it's an activity that is necessary but we've disconnected a little bit and we're not putting the emphasis on just being Mm -hmm. and we know people Mm -hmm. like Nelson Mandela and Gandhi achieved (laughs) so much in life but with just being Mm -hmm. so the whole myth that you constantly have to be doing in order to achieve something it's just a myth right right so Self-awareness, mindfulness, meditation, breathing practices, Mm -hmm. time in nature, time alone. We're constantly bombarded with information, with notifications, with news, with all these things. We fill our heads with so much that we we Mm -hmm. leave very time for just presence and breathing and sitting alone with our thoughts. So Mm -hmm. all of these things lead to your point, curiosity with somebody. How are you... Can you imagine what this person is going through? But that takes time to slow down, right? You don't know what they're going through. When you're talking with an employee, you don't know what's going on through their head. You don't know what kind of day they're had. You don't know what kind of life they're dealing with. So curiosity, right? What's going mm-hmm. on? Just ask them, like, how are you doing, really? Mm-hmm. What is going on? And really being being mindful about their response as opposed to just checking off the checking it off on the list like oh I ask them how they're doing but did you really care because as humans Mm -hmm. we feel that we feel the energy we feel the empathy we Mm -hmm. we know if somebody's really genuinely interested or they're just Mm -hmm. hey how are you and by the time you say how you're doing you walk by right (laughs) yeah so I heard
1: someone say once and, and it's always stuck with me I'm a human being, not a human doing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, I love that, you know? Yeah. And for me, and probably for a lot of people listening, I'm I'm imagining, you know, people thinking, wow, like, so this all sounds great, but really? And it's like, no, really. Like, I can sit here and say that some of my, quote unquote, best ideas or best thinking has happened when I've
0: been still. That's when the high moments are created. I mean, there's a lot of mm-hmm. research that goes into that area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... If you have employees who are on their phones, I would much rather them just, they sit there and stare at the distance, right? Because that's where daydreaming occurs, that's where the default mode network gets activated, that's where aha moments are born. You know, your Mm -hmm. aha moments are not born when you're on a computer, when, you know, when you're necessarily working but when you're not doing anything or when you're taking a shower or when you're you know going for a walk right so all these times we look at them as as non productive times but in reality if you want to go that aspect there's a lot of creativity and productivity um, yeah. actually in these moments yeah but it's really hard for humans to do nothing or sit still it's yeah. really hard it's one of the. Yeah. it's not easy but if you're talking about rest and recovery protocols right to prevent burnout we are not putting enough emphasis on the rest and recovery on the proper rest and recovery so what i mean Mm -hmm. by that is not the passive rest and recovery but proper active regenerative rest and recovery which in most cases is actually more active so things that that take your focus and and you you, you feel fully engaged fully focused on the activity Mm -hmm. are normally things that are challenging but not too challenging and mm-hmm. so you have enough skills to do it. So that's where things like mountain biking and you know rock climbing and mm-hmm. kite surfing in my case or all these you know things that use your mind and body are actually more replenishing to for you than, than just sitting on the couch watching Netflix right so or
1: scheduling like i gotta go to the gym right now and do this and run to the next like i heard that example run to the next yoga class you know and you're still taking work with you but speed yoga yeah where can you really shut it off like um, we
0: need to turn that parasympathetic nervous system on right so if you're constantly go 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 and you're going from you have a busy day at a restaurant, go 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 long shift and then you're running to the next thing I learned that the hard way that I was go go, go, I would wake up in the morning, hit the gym early early morning, and now I've completely switched that around where I'm reserving my morning time for more creative work and then doing my workouts later in the day. But if you constantly go, go go, your body needs the opposite right, you needs kind of the in and the in a little bit because doing something that's slower pace would be beneficial to your nervous system. So I had to slow down my workouts and instead of a hardcore HIIT workout or CrossFit, I started doing more Qigong and slow yoga. And it's really hard when you're like that driven and you're going at that speed all mm-hmm. the time. It's really hard mm-hmm. to do the slowing, slower pace activity, but that's yeah. where our nervous systems get more aligned. Right, right. Wow. Lots of good stuff. Lots of food for
1: thought here, Milena. I really appreciate you you sharing all this. And I think I'd like to wrap just thinking about what, what would be, based on this conversation, we've talked about all sorts of different aspects of creating a more human-centered culture you know, within restaurants. What would be three recommendations, or however many, I don't really care how many, but what would you recommend mainly to restaurant owners and managers? Where, where do you start?
0: Yeah, I would say... Get together with your team and decide together. And Mm -hmm. you may work with an outside consultant. I don't know if you don't know how to do this, but how do you create more of a work-open, positive work culture where people are not afraid to show up themselves, where leaders lead with vulnerability, with Mm -hmm. empathy, with commonly shared goals for the business so people can have more of an ownership into what they're doing, right? How are their values aligned with the values of the company. And sometimes it's okay to part ways if that's not a good match, right? But getting clear on what's the work culture that you want to create, I think, would be step number one and how to go about creating more of a positive, open workplace culture. For burnout prevention, what are some things you can implement starting tomorrow? Maybe it's it's a PTO or mental health or mandatory breaks or flexible work schedule, right? I mean, what are some things that within your control, within the resources that you have with and the team that you're working with, what can you do tomorrow to implement some burnout prevention strategies? Maybe it's, you know, self-care days or afternoons. There's so many things you can tap into. And third, I would say, implement some kind of mindful, empathetic um, leadership and training. I think the young people are drawn to more learning and developments to begin with so offering that to them it will be beneficial to the managers as well as to the employees and the frontline stuff yeah
1: yeah especially since i think the numbers around just like anxiety huge
0: yeah the amount of young people health anxiety have, yeah. stress yeah. how do we build stress resilient workforce right so life's tough and things are gonna happen right but how right. quickly you can bounce back, how quickly you can show back up to work with your full energy and your full smile. What are the strategies? A lot of mindfulness trainings touch on that, right? What are the strategies to decrease anxiety, decrease stress? Because that leads eventually to burnout. Yeah.
1: And all those things you just mentioned, thank you. Those are three great tips um, and ways to get started. But uh, let us not forget that we must mentor it ourselves that we can implement these things and do these programs, but if we're not living it, it's all BS. People won't believe it, and then it won't flow out to the organization. And so I think I always remind myself, and I even share with my team members things I'm doing that are like self-care sort of oriented things. I I learned recently about myself. I kind of knew this, but I ignored it. I can't do three Zoom meetings back to back in a row. Oh, no. I just can't, like, I can, but I'm miserable. So what's the like, why? Right. So build in a break, Jen, like build in a break, take a little walk, even if it's just a short little thing around the neighborhood, just go lay down on the bed, ba- whatever it is. Right. But that's how I'm mentoring it. At least. Yeah. Right?
0: yeah. So self-care needs to be built into your workday. Right. Yeah. And self-care is not necessarily a 30 minute break. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have a 30 minute break every hour, but it doesn't work that way in the real world. So. Right. To your point, self-care could be just drink some water in between meetings, take a five-minute break, do some breathing, close your eyes, just exhale. It takes Mm -hmm. the box breathing breathing technique, which is what the Navy SEALs use, right, to to minimize your stress level and kind of recalibrate your nervous system. It will probably take a minute of doing a deep box breathing technique. It takes a minute to get back into sync. And the restaurant employees can do that every time they're in a stressful situation. Just do some box breathing, right? It's a self-care practice. Explain that because I used to know what box breathing was and I forget now. You inhale to the count of four. So you inhale, one, two, three, four. You hold your breath for the count of four. One, two, three, four. You exhale to the count of four. One, two, three, four hold your bread to the count of four, one, two, three, four. And you do this okay. like four or five times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And your stress level. Inhale, goes down. hold, exhale, hold. hold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easy. Uh, everybody can do it. Take 60 seconds. You can, you know, go yeah. in the back of the kitchen and, and do it and yeah. th- then go deal with the angry customer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Milana. I really appreciate it. But And just before we close, let people know how they can get in touch with you or follow you or find you, all those good things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Everything is at uh, unhustle.com. That's the website. Everything on social media is either under my name, Milena Rigos, or Unhustle. For the most part, everything with Unhustle is at Unhustle. I'd love to hear what your ha moment was from this podcast. Tag me and let me know. And I do offer a, a free ebook that people can download to see how some leaders in companies have implemented the unhustle practices. They can download it at unhustle.com forward slash ebook. Mm-hmm. And-,
1: and it's a great ebook because I downloaded it. <laughs> and it's got a lot in there, a lot of good resources in there. In fact, Thank I, you. I, I scheduled a self care session in our company for a, like a lunch and learn tomorrow. Oh, good so- job. I'm going to use some of the tips that you have in there just to try to spur some open conversation and dialogue. So we'll see. Awesome. But thank you so much for helping contribute to the conversation of reinventing restaurants. You're a superstar. You're doing amazing stuff. So thanks for having Thank you. You're Do you kind. Thank you so much, Jen. Yeah.
0: Thank you for yeah. having me. Have a great day. You too. The Restaurants Reinvented Podcast is brought to you by Q a restaurant technology company going beyond POS to create unified food experiences for fast casual and quick service restaurants. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave us a review. It really helps us improve the show and bring the restaurant marketing community together. Thanks for listening.